Welcome to Digital Hospitality. I am your host, Sean Walchef. This is a Cali BBQ Media production. Every single week, we talk about our ongoing thesis, and that is digital hospitality. Every business needs to be in the digital business, and every business needs to be in the hospitality business. What exactly does that mean? Well, we are a barbecue restaurant that became a media company. For 13 years, we've been running a barbecue business out of a very difficult location in San Diego. But because of the smartphone, because of all these different apps that have been created, we've been able to share our story with so many different small business owners, other people that are doing incredible things in the barbecue world, other people that are doing things podcasting, and other people creating content and sharing stories about their business on all these different apps. So every single week, we like to bring on people that we are in that inspire us, people that we admire. And if you listen to this show, you know that we care a lot about branding. We talk about Cali Barbecue, Cali Barbecue Media, Digital Hospitality. Typically, I'm wearing a Cali Barbecue Media hat, but today I have an Old Hickory Pits hat. So the only reason I do that is because today we have a very special guest, and it is the founder of Old Hickory. Um, it is David B. Knight. He is a barbecue hall of famer. He has been in the barbecue business since 1974 supporting barbecue restaurant owners, caterers, pit masters, culinary schools all over the globe. They've built an incredible business. And I had the fortune of going with my wife, Rosica and Jean um, back in 2016. We actually went out to Cape Girardeau. We got to shake hands with David. We got to meet his team. Luke gave us a tour of the old facility, the original Old Hickory factory, which I believe is still working. Uh, but then we also got to see the new facility that they were building out. Um, because their business was booming. And anybody that's been in business for 47 years has a wealth of knowledge. So we can't wait to, uh, to ask him questions so that you guys can learn and hopefully implement some of the things that he's learned to, to grow his business into yours. So David, welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much. It's great to be here. Uh, we, uh, since 1974, Cape Girardeau, can you bring us back to the original restaurant that started, started the company? Certainly I can. It's, uh, the original restaurant uh, is in a historic building. It was built about, oh, 150 years ago. And it's right on the Mississippi River. Because, but um, since the time the, the building was built, a huge a concrete flood wall uh, was built. And so the restaurant is situated right between a big opening in that concrete wall. And there's another a block away that so that the... Uh, People can actually walk out on the riverfront and that sort of thing. But anyway, the building had been abandoned for about 12 years and there was talk about it being torn down. And I thought, well, that would be a, a, a very tragic thing to waste a, a resource like that historic building and turn it into a parking lot. And so I made an offer and was able to buy the building and just started from scratch rehabbing it it didn't have it had the old tooth and knob wiring in it and no uh real uh, plumbing that was any good so we really just stripped it down sandblasted it inside and out tech pointed all the bricks so it was quite a quite an undertaking to take this building for, that had been abandoned for so long to get it up and running but we had it we started in uh, july and we opened in december so were you in the real estate business or the restaurant business when you made the purchase? Uh, neither one. I was, uh, <laughs> perfect. At that point, I was a teacher. <laughs> okay, perfect. So you were a teacher and you decided you didn't yeah. have, you had enough time, you're three months off that you want, you wanted to get into the restaurant business? Absolutely. Yes. That, uh, I, 
I went to school at uh, Arkansas State University and, and graduated with an MBA. And I got a job teaching marketing and management down at Jacksonville State University in Alabama. Okay. And uh, I did that for two years. And I thought, well, I kind of like to try the real world, you know, I studied business. And just to keep talking about it is not quite as fun as doing it. Yes. And so, uh, lo and behold, I had this idea of a restaurant as, as the first business that I would want to go into. I had grown how, up. How, old, how old were you at the time, David? Oh, well, let's see here. I'm 300 years old now. <laughs> <laughs> Do the math. <laughs> let's see. Uh, it was 47 years ago, and I'm 73, so you do the math. 47, 73, what are we? Uh, so it was 47 years ago. 1974. Okay, 1974. Yep, there you go. And uh, so back then, the barbecue was kind of, a, oh, that one food cuisine that was up on the other end of town or not nearly uh, proliferated like it is now but i had grown up in a town of poplar bluff it's about an hour and a half from cape Girardeau. and my best friend uh, his family had a barbecue restaurant mm-hmm. and i was just fascinated with how far how far was the barbecue restaurant from where where you opened up an hour and a half drive okay. 90 miles and uh, so that's where i grew up and uh but um my folks moved from Poplar Bluff to near Cape Girardeau uh, when I moved off to college uh, to teach. And um, they had moved close to Cape. And I was visiting them and I saw this building and I just had one of those eureka moments to uh, let's see if we can make this work. <laughs> so it was kind of a leap of faith. <laughs> it's always a leap of faith getting into the, any business, yeah. but especially the restaurant business. But, but it was one of those uh, stories that went, has a happy ending. Yes, absolutely. Uh, it's really been quite were you, a... Were you married? Were you married at the time that you... No, no, no. That was years and years later. Years and years later. Okay, so you get into the restaurant business. Are you doing breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Are you just doing a barbecue? What, what was the, the initial concept? It was really lunch and evening meals lunch and evening yeah, meals uh, and and we had a, a cocktail lounge to a bar area and very casual atmosphere kind of one of those places that's got a little historic theme to it having pictures and and photographs of the cape dorado area and oh antiques on the wall we had some old guns that were hanging on the wall and uh, mounted um, oh and a wild boar and the place was kind of decorated with a, a, a pot belly stove and a player piano okay so it was kind of you know try to have something rather than just walk in and have tables and chairs sure you wanted to you wanted to create a hosp- hosp- hospitality i mean we're in the right. hospitality business you want to create a memorable moment for someone i'll tell you a memorable moment was opening day of the restaurant tell me i'd love to hear okay <laughs> well this is a little embarrassing but <laughs> they, they usually uh, are in, 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 in the restoration process uh we had sandblasted the building inside and out and it had a very tall ceiling but it was beautiful it was just the beaded wood uh, uh, 
uh, ceiling and that. And um, so we were, the, the, the restaurant was right across the street, not only from the Mississippi River, but also the Burlington Northern Railroad. Okay. And so opening night, the, the uh, <laughs> a train came through and every time it came, it would kind of shake the building a little bit. There you go. A little ambiance. <laughs> sand that was on the second floor started trickling out through that uh, uh, ceiling. No. Customer's plates. and uh, Oh, really? Quite a bit of scurry to kind of keep things dusted up and that. And then the next day we came in early and tore up the second floor and vacuumed and uh, sanitized it as best we could. But it's a little, little sketchy on the first day. Oh, my gosh. I love that story. I appreciate you sharing that. I mean, in the restaurant business, if you're open for one day, it's an accomplishment if you're open for any more than one day. But we all have stories like that. And it, it's That's crazy good. how much I mean, I always talk about it. You have to run a marathon just to get a restaurant open. And then you realize you've run the marathon and then it hasn't even started. The race hasn't even started. Well, you now bet. you actually have to run the business. Now you actually have to get people to come in and pay for all the lights and the electricity and the payroll and everything else that you're trying to accomplish. At which point did you make this shift? Because did you build like the original barbecue pit that was in your restaurant? Yes. That was that was how that was the birth of Old Hickory Pits. Is yes, that correct? It was. it was. And uh, so I, you know, back then there was no modern technology at all, and you only had two choices: you could use a barrel or a brick pit. And so I, I thought, well, this would be stupid to put a barrel inside this beautiful historic building made out of bricks so i made it a big bit out of bricks and i found some antique bricks that matched the patina of the bricks that were on the building and made it to look like it was supposed to be there great big thing it was 10 feet wide and five feet deep and three stories tall because this building had, had three floors on it so we had to go up through the floors with a big flue and uh, to control the temperature inside that flue was a damper. You open it up, it would increase the airflow and, and, and the heat and so forth. And then to cool it, then you would close that and that would uh, moderate the, the temperature, which worked fine as long as the pit cook remembered to do that. But <laughs> unfortunately, yes. That, so the, the actual true beginning of, of, of Old Hickory Pits, the idea of, of building pits, came uh, about the third time the fire trucks came. <laughs> the, time the fire trucks came? <laughs> this was right in the middle of downtown Cape Girardeau, right oh. on the Mississippi River. And we're belching out all these sparks and flames and, and over the roofs of all the other buildings. So now, did you actually start a fire, or was, there was just so much smoke? Never did start a fire, but it certainly changed my hair color. <laughs> changed your hair color, <laughs> made you rethink the restaurant business. Made me rethink the whole thing. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, were you? Did you call the fire department, or did someone call the fire yeah, department on you? Yeah, we, Whoever could get to the phone quick. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that gives me a, a better idea of the story. Oh, yeah, it, it was sheer panic. So then, so through the panic comes the inspiration. I mean, I love how entrepreneurs think. It's, you know, you never know where the inspiration is to think that, you know, 47 years later, you have barbecue pits in all the greatest restaurants, all the amount of 
the footprint that old hickory has on the barbecue world the restaurant world the culinary world it's so impressive i mean it's so impressive to go to cape gerardo to where you guys you have so much love for what you're doing for the craft of barbecue and it's something that gene when we first met gene and he told us you know if you want to learn how to do barbecue the right way we'll teach you and you can add some barbecue menu items to your to your restaurant and i said sure and once we started doing it and started using the old hickory pit to slow cook ribs and slow cook brisket all of a sudden we fell in love with the craft of barbecue but we fell in love with your brand we fell in love with the dependability of having something done where every single day we could work on being a little bit better a little bit better at making brisket a little bit better at making ribs and over time that story will will go throughout not just our village but all throughout san diego and then now that we're doing media it goes all throughout the world world for you looking back seeing from those fire calls to go well maybe this isn't the restaurant business maybe there's a different business how did you get from fire call to let's make a pivot and let's start to come up with what ultimately became all hickory pits I think that the the real impetus was the necessity of perpetuating the business. I'd spent a lot of time and all the money I had and then some to open. So it's not like, oh, okay, I guess I've had enough of this. So I'll move on to something else. It's like, Correct. okay. And so there was a struggle for a long, long time to make, make the transition into uh, any kind of a reliable... I'm how many years in was it? Was oh, several make, years. Several years. We modify here and there and and so on. So we, you know, we 47 years later, we're still modifying our equipment to tweak it and improve it and all that. How did you, what, at what year did you make the switch where you were a barbecue restaurant to were old hickory pits? Like we're, uh, we're, we're no longer a restaurant. Yeah, I'm going to say probably that was about seven years. Seven years in. Did somebody take over the restaurant or did you close the restaurant? Not until later. I, I held on to the restaurant for about uh, 15 years. Okay. And that, and did both the, the restaurant and manufacturing pits. And that got to be a, a 24-7 hour proposition. And so I said something's got to go. And I had... had uh, made the point I wanted to make with the restaurant as far as, you know, developing a casual atmosphere and good food with barbecue. So the, the, the choice would have been, do, do I want to do a chain of barbecue places or do I want it to do the, go the equipment route? Yeah. And then, and then I, my choice was the uh, equipment route and for, for multiple reasons, because it wasn't an easy decision. Because I love the restaurant business; it's fun business, and it's um, you know when you uh, have amenities like you're twenty something years old and, and you got a bar. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know all about it. <laughs> Thanks. So, but that's kind of can also be a, a, a impediment to progress. True. Very true. The uh, and the, I guess one of the most compelling things was uh, Friday afternoons. Because uh, on a Friday afternoon in the restaurant business, well, everybody I knew was getting dressed up. 
I was getting stressed up. Friday's <laughs> the business. That's good. I've never heard that before. Uh, that is that is the absolute truth of the restaurant business, right there. Absolutely, and and, and that's the commitment that a restaurateur has to make. Yes. When the customers are there, we work when everyone plays. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, the uh, the uh, the barbecue pit business is different in that it's. Uh, Oh, I, I wouldn't be so simple as to say it's a nine to five job, but it's not that constant uh, weekend commitment. Sure. Uh, you know, I get a weekend off or if the weekend is um, now I, I mix business with pleasure. We have a lot of barbecue events that we go to. Yep. Uh, getting ready to go to St. Simon Island here later this month and then uh, going to uh, Kansas City for an event. Uh, we just came back from Orlando, Florida. Uh, all of these events where people are celebrating barbecue now. Yeah. It's kind of fun. And uh, it's almost like mixing business with pleasure. It's amazing. You've, you've built a business where you can make a bigger impact than you could as a single restaurant. You literally, your tagline of your company is, we, we want you to barbecue at your best. Right. And you're enabling someone like me in San Diego that we're not known for having great barbecue on the West coast, but because of the equipment that you provide us with, we're allowed to build a business and utilize that in a way that allows us to make a bigger impact. We can start a barbecue podcast. We can make barbecue content and somebody in New Zealand can see that somebody in United Kingdom can see that. And it's, it's very exciting for us to be a part of this barbecue community, this global barbecue community. Well, I'm so delighted to, to have you a part of this community and uh, uh, you've got a beautiful future because if you, by using the internet technology and, and using the different media and so forth, the the world is, is your oyster. I, I, open. I appreciate that. And that's the thing that excites us the most is in when we have partners like Old Hickory or Toast is our point of sale company. I mean, the the, the imprint that Toast has on the United States market, it's significant. You know, we're talking about 26,000 restaurant tours where they're utilizing this technology to become a digital first restaurant. You guys, you ship Old Hickory Pits all over the globe. Is that correct? Oh, yes. We, so which, which, mar which market? That's quite an accomplishment now. That is, congratulations on that. Well, thank you. But but those are our partners, you know, and that, and that's the sure. exciting part is that no longer is it just a, a vendor relationship, a vendor partnership. Now, because of social media, we can tell the story of the impact of our vendor partners that it has on our business, which helps our partners sell more of what they do. Because if it helps me as a barbecue restaurant owner, it's certainly going to help somebody over in Australia if they want to get a barbecue pit. What, which pit do you think I'm going to recommend? It's going to be an old hickory pit. So yeah. when, when was the, when was the, so you go from a restaurant. So to a pit manufacturer, when did you sell your first pit and what was that experience like? Well, let's see the first pit. Uh, good grief. Now you give me a math test here, <laughs> but uh, I'm going to say in the, um, well, in not, the not the year, but more of the experience. Like I, I'm looking for more of, you know, when you knew that this could actually become a legitimate business where somebody bought the pit or multiple people started asking you, hey, Dave, can you make me a pit for my restaurant? Sure enough. Well, we sold uh, a few 
within a reasonable range of Cape Girardeau, just to kind of people that we knew and said, hey, try this, and they liked it and bought it. And so it became very apparent that there was a need because everybody was having the same problem of the fires and the control and the waste, uh, the, the consumption of wood and the shrinkage on the meat. Everybody was having the same problems. So it was pretty easy to figure that that uh, that's what marketing is all about. Uh, I'm sorry, this, no this problem. keeps going up here. Uh, but the... Um, uh, uh, that threw me off here. Where are we? Uh, anyway, it was over a period of time that we. we so somebody, so some one restaurant owner says, "Dave, can you make me a pit?" Yes. And another restaurant owner hears about it, and then they go, "Dave, can you make me another pit?" Right. We went actually door to door. Oh, really? So you you started for a while. Were Were you? Was it actually you going door to door? Yes. <laughs> of course. Well, it with a with a. Uh, car instead of a truck i didn't have couldn't have both that's great <laughs> and uh, but anyway one leap of faith um was to go to, to a trade show okay and we went to a trade show out in oklahoma city and we just happened to run into a pizza company that uh was getting out of pizza and they wanted to do barbecue Okay. And uh, it was called Pizza Planet. And uh, I don't know what the competition was or whatever, but they just wanted to do something fresh and new. And so they started a company called uh, uh, Crockett's Smokehouse. And we sold them a pit, delivered it, got it all set up. And, uh, and uh, we didn't even get back to Missouri. They're trying to call us. Uh, okay, I guess we need another one. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They were they got last. And time. how many empo- how many employees did you have at that point? That point, just two. <laughs> just two. <laughs> you gotta yeah. gotta build these bids yeah. faster. You gotta start somewhere. So that was one. Some- <laughs> just, just got working in the shop there, welding, all that. So uh, that's fantastic. <laughs> so how how many employees do you have now? Uh, in between 40 and 50 in between 40 and 50 and do you yeah, still have do you still have both locations or have you uh moved out we of the old still have both locations but we've moved all the manufacturing uh out into uh our facility by the airport okay perfect Ash road and yeah. that's where the manufacturing our offices are still downtown okay but eventually we'll move those out there as well i'm doing a development on the riverfront the rest of the riverfront that's two blocks from the old restaurant and uh, to fill the gap between historic downtown and the casino that was another side project i did In did you meantime, do the you did the casino yes yeah amazing uh, uh, you gotta fill up your extra, extra time with something you know? <laughs> So tell me about the casino project. I didn't know you were a part of that. Uh, yeah. I have people ask me, well, why in the world would you want a casino? And I said, well, the the same reason a machine gun killed me robbed banks, that's where the money is. That's 100%. Yeah. We, we yeah. opened a sports bar. I much would prefer a sports book than a sports bar. Yeah. <laughs> there you catch it on. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> so how, how did you get a casino built? I'm oh fascinated. my gosh! Uh, 
Was it harder to build the barbecue business or the casino? (laughs) Well, actually, the barbecue business was more complicated than that because this, in a manner of speaking, came to me rather than me going out. It just kind of, I was in my office one day and two gentlemen came in and they wanted to sit down and talk and I said, okay, what? And they were interested in a piece of property that I had. And it was a building up the street from where, where the office is now. And um, come to find out, they this was when the be- very beginning of riverboat gambling in the state of Missouri. Okay. And they were checking out and getting a, a location if they were able to get a license. And they liked Cape Girardeau a lot. And it was Boyd Gaming Company from... Uh, they had owned the Stardust, and they're still around. Board gaming is, but uh, anyway, they they uh, uh, talked me into giving them an option on that old the other building, mm-hmm. uh, and that because they needed it back then. The boats had to cruise on the river, yeah, and that my property was right across from where they would have to tie up the boat. Yep. And they needed that for ballet parking. So okay. that's how I got to know the Boyd group and went through a whole process. Long story short, they left Missouri because the rules were really strict about cruising on the river. They opened in, in Kansas City first. They, they were allowed two licenses by the state, and, and they, they wanted to go with a bigger market in Kansas okay. City and got a bad location and looked like you were going through an oil field to get to the casino. So they finally just threw up their hands and said, we're out of Missouri. So I just wow. bought back a lot of the land that they bought and just sat on it and got back to building barbecue pits. And then about 10 years later, I had an aha moment thing. That's about time. To, they're about to run out of licenses here. I better go back up there. And actually, I, I went up to Jefferson City. They called it a, a meeting. And the meeting was originally scheduled for Wednesday. And they called me the week before and said, we need you there Monday. And I knew something was up. Uh-oh. And they, uh, I get up there. It was basically a kangaroo court. They said, we've decided not to take any more licenses. And I said, what? He said, no, nope, yeah, we're going to cap it at 13 uh, casinos. We've already got 13. And you would be number 14. And so you're out. And so that kind of hurt my feelings. And for sure. I took it to the Missouri Supreme Court. <laughs> Good for you. I love yeah. it. That's yes. what my grand that's what my I, grandfather would do. I, I filed know. a suit against the Secretary of State. Yes. The state auditor over the ballot measure that they used to, to limit the number of licenses. Good for and you. By that time, several years had passed, and and they were already were, were in St. Louis and, and Kansas City. And that the law said that you had to be on the Mississippi River or the Missouri River. But then what I alleged was it was kind of like Interstate 70 gaming instead of riverboat gaming. Because I'm down here in, in southeast Missouri and there's no casino around me. Sure. And so anyway, the, one of the boats that was up there had to be decommissioned. And they said it couldn't, it was so old that, that, that and that. And so somehow or another, they decided to make that license a jump ball. And so I jumped. Amazing. <laughs> with, with 15 other cities. So, okay. But it was a fair and fair fight. That's a fair and fair fight. 
and at the end of the day, Cape Girardeau got the, uh, you know, the license. That's incredible. And then you, so you built an entire casino. Not myself. I partnered with uh, Alec Capri. Okay. At and that then, time. And then since then, they sold out to El Dorado and El Dorado sold out to Century Casino. But it's thriving and growing and providing uh, 500 jobs for the city of Cape Girardeau. That's incredible. So are you still in the casino business or you sold your shares? Well, I still have, I have a little stock. I, I don't okay. work there. I don't work there. I'm not running the tables. <laughs> I got a lot of friends that work there. That's fantastic. So one of the things I love to talk about is is family in barbecue because it's so important. I mean, you can't do barbecue without family. Um, yes. I've had the pleasure of working with your son, Alex. Um, oh, yes. The digital side of, of uh, Old Hickory's improving the website, improving the blog, starting to put out YouTube content. We're really excited about what you guys are doing. When when did Alex start working um, for the company, and how, and how did that uh, how did that feel to you? He he started working uh, working for the company when he was just uh, in his early teens, like twelve years old. In the summer, he'd, he'd come in and work. <clears throat> in fact, I was very proud of him. We. Uh, uh, back then, we had the uh, the factory was inside a big uh, room here where our offices are, and he'd been around and he would be sweeping and cleaning and and he listened in on the safety meetings and so forth. And so we had an emergency. The it was a hot, hot summer day, and the electrical connection to the building blew up, and. Alex ran and got the horn and honked the horn to get everybody out the really? building. <laughs> Look at that. So, so and he since, knew. And since those days, he's been hanging around and working and well, and, and uh, even on vacation, we go on family vacations. We'd always stop at barbecue places <laughs> going some- uh, anywhere we went. And so, he's, yeah, Alex has been around a long time. That's incredible. And, and if I had other family members as well, my uh, the restaurant I started out, my sister was involved in that in the early days of it. My dad was involved in sales. Uh, he liked to, to go out on the road as well. And then my daughter, she's worked here and my son-in-law worked here. So family has been a part of it uh, from the very beginning. And, yep. and families are very important. Uh, so when you, the amount of brands, barbecue brands that have their own incredible following, Pappy's, Arthur Bryant's, 17th Street Barbecue, they're all using Old Hickory Pits. Yes. Speaking of family, you know, two of the people that made a big impact on on our barbecue story is Mike Mills and Amy Mills. Um, we've followed them. We've read their content, read their books, had the pleasure of interviewing both Mike Mills and Amy Mills in Fort Worth during the National barbecue association they had their annual meeting in fort worth texas and we got to interview both mike and amy and you know mike passed away can you say a few words about mike mills uh i, I could talk all day about it uh he was a great man and uh we were we were best friends and it was terrible losing him and but we have so many memories, so wonderful moments of things that we did together for barbecue and with barbecue around the country. 
one of the most memorable things was an, an annual event up in New York City. And you talk about spreading the word of barbecue and getting it out there that um, oh, 15, 20 years ago, Mike uh, partnered up with some folks in New York City and opened a barbecue restaurant called Blue Smoke. Danny Meyer, yeah. Danny Meyer. When yep. in New York City, when Danny talks, everybody listens. Yep. And it was very successful. And so after the first year, they had a party uh, right out on 27th Street and invited a couple of pitmasters to cook barbecue out on the street. And lo and behold, the, the, the crowd just gathered and was tied up uh, Madison Avenue and, and uh, the streets and so forth. And so it was such a success. They had a rainstorm to make it an annual event, but move it two blocks over to the, to the east and west on this, uh, um, on Fifth Avenue, and there's a park there, uh, the Madison Square Park, that was kind of a nasty little place with needles on the ground and all that. And they, Danny Meyer with Mike and 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 the, uh, the group up there, uh, worked a deal that if they could could use money to finish that to clean up the park, that they would do barbecue around there and have a two-day event. Well, it, it would lasted for, I guess, maybe 15 years, 14 or 15 years. And it was amazing. Uh, when it first started, Mike called me and he said, you're not going to believe this. I said, okay, I'll bite. What's going on? He says, I'm sitting, I'm sitting in a chair in the middle of Madison Avenue cooking barbecue. <laughs> I said, really? Really? And so uh, then... Um, yeah, it wasn't long that I, I had to go up there and, and join in the fun. My daughter went with me back then. And uh, we went up and spent time at, at the event and met all kinds of uh, people and all that stuff. And uh, it was an annual trek every year to go to New York City and meet barbecue people. And Mike, Mike was the kingpin of it. But then the, there were so many other um, great barbecue people that, that, that uh, were part of the group. And um, it was just amazing event. I mean, one of the things that, that I, I love about Mike, and it's the thing that I, I love about Gene Goykachea, you know, my barbecue mentor, is it, the question is always, how can I help? Yes. It, and somebody that is as legendary as both Gene is and as Mike Mills are, they have so much knowledge and they have so much demand on their time, yet they're willing to help the little guy that's just starting out. He, Literally, he, they, he had more patience than anybody I've ever met and more kind and giving of his time than you could ever imagine. So like when I would go to an event like in Memphis in May, yeah. walking around with Mike through the barbecue. There's thousands of people there and and I'd be walking around with him. And it was like if we were at a cowboy convention, I had Roy Rogers uh, <laughs> I was walking with. Right. And he wouldn't get five feet and people would come up and shake his hand. And, do you remember when you helped me learn how to skin ribs? Yes. Or, do you remember? 
And it was a sheer delight to see the love that, that emanated from that man's teachings. Yeah, Mike Mills, he's a true a true gift and the work that 17th Street Barbecue does. Um, yeah, we'll put a link in the show notes. Stover, my producer, we have uh, the episode that we recorded while we were over in uh, in Fort Worth, but we'll put a link in the episode. Everything we talk about, um, Ian, our writer, he'll, he'll write up. But one of the things I definitely wanted to talk to you about is Operation Barbecue Relief. So much of what I'm compelled by the barbecue community is the fact that it's the in the Mike Mills way, the Gene way. It's how can I help? How can I give back? It's less about the dollars of how much money people are making. It's how can we make an impact on a community? Sure. And Operation Barbecue Relief is something that is just incredible. Can you talk about your partnership with Operation Barbecue Relief and what what do they do? Yes, um, Operation Barbecue Relief was was founded about ten years ago. Uh, that we had a terrible tornado in Joplin, Missouri. And spontaneously, the barbecue community, a lot of my barbecue buddies, showed up there with their pits because they knew that the, you know, the infrastructure was wiped out, no power, no anything. And that they showed up and started cooking barbecue, and they wound up staying for weeks, actually. It was so devastating. And after that event, they, they came to me and said, hey, there is a real need out there for a emergency response team that can feed people like that on short notice. And could I provide them with firepower? And I said, yes, I can. But the story goes actually uh, six years before that, my son Alex and I, um, uh, it was a long about uh, the same time of year and I got a phone call from a salesman that I had at that time in Jackson, Mississippi. And he said, We've, we, we need your help. And um, so I said, what happened? And he said, well, with this uh, hurricane that we had, Hurricane Katrina has done damage beyond belief. And we, we, got, we got to feed people some way. Can you bring some bits down? And so I said, yes, we had we had." A, a, a gooseneck trailer and Alex and I, he was a little bitty fellow. He was 12, like 12 years old. Or, no, he was by that time maybe 14. And we piled in the truck, went all the way down to and dropped those pits off. And they dispersed them from there to feed Katrina. So th that was the, wow. that, that the way, that's what the planted the seed in my mind six years later when these guys took their time to come and, and actually form an organization i didn't have to think twice i said yes and we've been committed ever since and we still donate bits to them and, and assist in fact he's down in uh, louisiana as we speak right now working uh, actually he's cooking, cooking yeah. today they're a little short-handed because of the uh, uh just the availability of uh, volunteer labor that but uh yeah, that that was that was ten years ago when it, when the organization was formed from from uh, the uh, first tornado, Missouri tornado, and um, so now uh, that in that short ten year period, we've crossed over the the nine million meals served. Wow! At ten years, uh, That's amazing. So that, uh, nine million people that would have uh, not had a hot barbecue meal. 
at the worst moment of their life. It's absolutely incredible. One of the things, you know, as somebody that we care about smartphone and storytelling and social media, but to see Stan Hayes in Houston going live on Facebook, literally driving into the eye of the storm with old Hickory Pits, asking for volunteers, asking for help, logistically setting up, doing what we do in the barbecue community, but to go and give back at the biggest time of need. I mean, he... It, I, it was amazing to see him on Fox, to see him on CNN, to see him all different places because they needed it. They really needed yes. the help and the courage that it took for him to do that, as well as the storytelling aspect of now we have the ability to literally have your own camera and go live where he was a camera crew. He was boots on the ground, yeah. bringing barbecue, bringing warmth, bringing love back to a community at their worst time. You bet. It, it has facilitated to help a lot of people actually on both sides of the equation that, you know, there's a good human need uh, in human beings to help others. And being a volunteer is a very noble endeavor. And these guys and gals are the best. They are. They are. I'd love for you to talk a little bit about uh, the Carnival Cruise Line to think of bar- oh. to think of uh, of barbecue pits, slow smoked brisket and ribs on top of a on top yes. of a cruise ship. How how did you get into into a business with Carnival Cruise Line and and, well, Guy, and Guy Fieri as well? Uh, yeah, my buddy got me into that gig. <laughs> uh, I got a phone call from Guy and he said, "Hey, um, I need some. Uh, can you build barbecue pits that we can put on a cruise line?" I said, what? When did you become friends with Guy? Oh, we've been for a long time. We were in the Barbecue Hall of Fame and just through uh, Kansas City. Kansas uh, City Barbecue Society? The Barbecue Society and all that. We've been friends for years. Okay. And uh, so anyway, um, I said, let me think about that for a minute here. And I said, well, I, I believe we could. Yeah, yeah, we can do that. And uh, <laughs> the funny was to hear him several years later explaining this to the paparazzi in new york city when they did the uh, media crunch and had everybody there telling them how we we just kind of put this together and and then uh he was kind of like making fun of me what that i was so confident that it would work oh yeah and, and then he said and then he called me back uh a week later and maria <laughs> so but That's anyway so it, it was an involved process because when you think about putting a wood-fired burning barbecue pit actually on a vessel that has 5,000 souls on it, it's a pretty serious thing. It's a very serious I mean, serious anybody thing. That's, that, that watched the movie uh, Titanic <laughs> doesn't want to be the guy that goes It's a big that. responsibility. So, yeah, I just, um, but uh, went at it very methodically and got with headquarters of Carnival Cruise down in Miami. And they set up a meeting with the Lloyds of London. <laughs> the, the Lloyds, Lloyds of London, there you go. That. They're the world's <laughs> oldest insurance company. Correct, literally and, why and, insurance started. <laughs> and maritime uh, insurance. And uh, they had a whole table yeah. full of them, by the way, <laughs> oh asking questions. And I, I, I took a bit with me. Uh, and that and had it set up in their their courtyard out in the back of the the uh, headquarters and during the break i took them downstairs and 
fired it up and showed them how it, it would fail. If it fails, it fails in a safe manner and the safety the precautions that are built into it. And we spent the entire day. And at the end of the day, they asked me to leave the room. And um, so I'm out there thinking, yeah, <laughs> no, no chance. On, <laughs> here. And, but anyway, a little while later, they came in and said, well, we made our decision. Uh, you're in. <laughs> and that's that is incredible. That's so how many, nice. how many, pit, how many ships are there? Old Hickory pits on. Do you know? Oh, there. Well, see, we were putting them in there one after another and then they got shut down. I think we only got 15 so far. 15. But we've got new orders coming in now. Oh, you do. So, Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. We got plenty to go. That's beautiful. I love to hear that. That's so, yeah. that is what an incredible story. So I, I love I the, I love, I love the entrepreneurial aspect because there's crazy ideas that somebody on a podcast or I'll go and I have a friend and they tell me something and I go, oh yeah, our team can do that. So you say yes to Guy Fieri. You're sure. like, oh yeah, of course, Guy, we can do that. And then when you go yeah. back to, to your team, what do they tell you? What did you promise, David? <laughs> Then we got to do this. Now, this, is, this we got to figure it out. And, uh, and it did. And it worked out. And uh, <laughs> We had, uh, in fact, uh, after this, uh, this deal in New York City was quite a deal. They had all the paparazzi there. And he was up there at show and tell. And had the pits in this room with us. And he went through the whole, whole thing. And so then after that, we did a, a promotion down in Texas uh, at the Texas State Fair. Guy called me and he said, hey, we're going to be at the, at the fair and I want you to come down. I want to do a barbecue contest. And I want you to take care of that part of it. I said, well, I can do that. And he said, but I want you to get there a day early. It's, it's, the guy's a thrill of minute. He just never, okay, I'll be there where you want me. And he gave me his name and his address. So I show up at the address and it's a restaurant. And he said, you know, before we do the thing back at the state fair, I got a little work to do. And I want you to come along with me. But we shot three episodes of Diners, Drive-Ins, and no Dives way. one day. Yes, sir. Amazing. <laughs> yes, sir. And the first one was, um, it was kind of funny. I think it was Ethiopian cuisine. And I said, what are they serving air? <laughs> you know, <laughs> Ethiopia, those people are really skinny. Yeah, what uh, do they got? But, but it comes by that it was it, they do have a complete Ethiopian cuisine. Yeah, there were a couple good, couple anything. amazing Ethiopian restaurants in San Diego. Yeah, it was, and it was yeah. very tasty too, very classy. And that, but then the second place, I, I, th I thought I was going back to the thing. He said, "No, no, get in the limo here. We got two more stops." And this next place is a barbecue, and I want you in it. <laughs> and I said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" Oh, really? He put you on camera? <laughs> yeah, beautiful. <laughs> I don't have a script. I don't have anything. What? That's, now we'll make it. We faked it. That's amazing. And it was so fun. It was the, the title of it. If anybody want to look at it, it's called Bird and Beef. Bird and Beef. Well, we'll Bird put a link. Beef. We'll put a because, link in the show notes for yeah, sure. Yeah, the guy, the, uh, the, the restaurant featured items were uh, smoked duck and barbecue beef brisket. That's and so he served, he cooked those up for us and and it was pretty fun because every time uh, he would say duck, then Guy and I would take our heads. <laughs> <laughs> he was saying duck for another purpose. That but is it was, incredible. It was total fun. Total fun. So when can you bring us back to when you got inducted to the uh, Barbecue Hall of Fame? What, what did that mean to you? 
it means that that was quite an honor because it, they it, 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 it's very few people are in there and I felt very very uh, humbled by being up there with the giants in the industry and um, so it, it was a very very uh, humbling event honestly and I've been proud ever since to be a part of it so so now we have Weber that's done their IPO. Traeger has done their IPO. Can we expect an old Hickory IPO this year? No, this is, uh, <laughs> I, I'm having too much fun, <laughs> you know? I'm just and, teasing. And you wind up just, just <laughs> You've got enough in the casino business and barbecue business. Yeah, I got enough to keep me busy, you know? <laughs> no, they no, don't have an interest in going public. Because it is, it's personal. It's really a fun sort of business. And Warren Buffett said that that the happiest man in the world is the one that, that dances to work every morning. And you can see me skipping down the sidewalk, going to the office. Because <laughs> I still enjoy it. It's uh, being able to do things like this today. You know, to spread the word and talk to people of kindred spirits about barbecue and the heartwarming effect it has on human beings. It's amazing. It's a great business. It's truly an honor. I mean, for us, we're, you know, we've, we've just, we've had two old hickory pits for 13 years that have built our brand, built our business. We've done over $30 million in sales just using those two pits. And now we've added three more pits in the pandemic. We're building a master smokehouse. We plan on having 10 old hickory pits and building a media center around it so that we can teach other people around the world how they can build one location, a commissary kitchen, and then have these ghost kitchen micro locations so that we can get more barbecue to more people. We can make a bigger impact on the world. We can spread the love of barbecue and we couldn't do it without old hickory david i i truly appreciate everything that your team does i'm grateful that gene came into my life to, to bring barbecue into my life to bring barbecue into spring right. valley into san diego and uh this is the this is just the beginning we like to think of ourselves as a 13-year startup i like to think of uh as you, you guys as, as you guys as a 47 year old startup <laughs> Well, you I'm don't know if you, if you guys, it, you, I think maybe Elon Musk might be calling you soon to think about if we can get an old, an old hickory on SpaceX. I'm looking for your IPO. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. The barbecue enough. IPO. <laughs> no, congratulations on your success. And, uh, our favorite thing is to shine in reflected glory of the successes of our customers that, uh, you guys make us proud. Well, we uh, we truly appreciate you, your family, every everything your team does. Um, anybody that wants more information, we'll put links into the show notes. Um, if you want to reach out to me, you know I'm always available at Sean P. Awesome. Walchef on all the social platforms. We have our weekly clubhouse call at 10 a.m. Uh, Pacific time, so please join us. You can talk to our barbecue media team, but. Old Hickory Pits. Um, follow them on social. Alex is doing incredible things. So they're going to be start writing blogs, featuring different pit masters, all these different people that are using the pits, Operation Barbecue Relief, sharing the story online. And uh, David, I can't thank you enough for your time. I'm, I'm truly grateful and look forward to seeing you in person. Yes, sir. And same here. And thank you so much for the invitation. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. If you make it on the West Coast, we hope to, to feed you at our, at our barbecue restaurant. Awesome. Sounds like a wonderful idea. All right, my friend. Right. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's it.